Welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. Turn up your nostalgia. everyone and welcome back. I'm Victoria, your host here on the Cantina Chatter podcast, your resource for Star Wars, new and retro toys, pop culture, and randomness from the 80s and 90s. Hey guys, and welcome back to the show. We are already, gosh, approaching mid-December. Where is the time going? Like, This month is just like zooming by, just like these past few months have, just like 2019 has zoomed by. In fact, it's, it's, it's ridiculously insane. Um, yeah, Star Wars, uh, there's a lot of it going around right now. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the video game. I still haven't picked it up. I intend to do that very soon. Get some playtime, um, racked up on that, especially as we get nearer the holidays and I'll have more time to do that. The Mandalorian is in full swing. Uh, we're four episodes in. And uh, we'll be talking about The Mandalorian episodes three and four in the next episode of uh, Cantina Chatter. And we also got The Rise of Skywalker. Can you guys believe that this movie is coming, like, next week? Like, isn't that crazy? Uh, This new trilogy is going to be closed out. It feels like it just got started. Like, I feel like we were just in 2015 and The Force Awakens was coming out. And it's just like, wow, here we are four years later. Time time really, really flies, like I'm saying. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to be excited for if you're a Star Wars fan. And um, my guest on this show, the incredible Dan O from the Dan O channel on YouTube, who is our theme parks correspondent here on Cantina Chatter, is going to be joining me to talk Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. You may recall that Dan O was on a previous episode of the podcast. And uh, we were talking about Galaxy's Edge right after it opened. Um, now we've both got multiple visits under our belts and we've gone to digest it and kind of experience more of what it has to offer over the last several months. So uh, we're going to be talking about Batu and uh, what Galaxy's Edge is like and our thoughts as time has gone along uh, regarding Galaxy's Edge and um, you know the things we like, the things that maybe be better and uh, the things that we'd like to see so it's a great chat i hope that you enjoy it we also got to talk about that wonder woman 1984 trailer i mean that looks fantastic i was a huge fan of the first film i love it still and uh, i I think this is going to be a really exciting movie i mean the trailer looks great but not just that Uh, the next day we also got ghostbusters afterlife um i mean that's kind of a crazy title but I can kind of dig it. I mean, it, it kind of ties into the theme of ghosts and all that. So, yeah, I it looks cool, too. It, it seems like it's, it's lacking a little bit of the comedy type aspect of, um, you know, that made the first film so famous. So I don't know if they're just kind of saving that, but it, it I don't know. It just seems like it looked a little more serious to me. But either way, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. Uh, that was my very first, like, yeah, we're talking about like franchises that was kind of my first like franchise love i guess 
um, back in the late 80s when the real Ghostbusters was on TV and uh, Ghostbusters 2. I remember seeing that in the theater a long, long time ago. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm i really looking forward to this movie. I hope it's going to be fantastic. I'm stoked. And there'll be a lot of great stuff to talk about next year with those films coming out. But let's keep it focused on Star Wars. Let's go ahead and pull in Dan O. And uh, we'll go ahead and return to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Alright, my guest on this episode is none other than Dan O from the Dan O channel on YouTube. Uh, a few months back, we spoke about his first visit to Galaxy's Edge uh, over at Disneyland. And uh, here we are uh, several months later. I've finally gone to visit it a couple of times, so I think we're going to have a pretty fun chat uh, discussing uh, all things but two. So, Dan O, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you again. Uh, I really enjoyed our last chat and uh, had a lot of good feedback about it. So, um, oh, yeah, it's awesome to have you back so we can talk a little bit uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, so, yeah, here we are several months later. Uh, how many times have you been to Galaxy's Edge? Uh, I would say about eight, I think. Oh, I kind of wow. quit counting after a while. <laughs> <laughs> but during like the reservation period, it was three times. And I feel like I've been about five times since then. Right on. And uh, how has it changed for you since that very first visit? Um, it's more like home. It, like For me, I feel like it actually changed Disneyland for me a lot. Uh-huh. Like I've been going to Disneyland since probably the early 2000s. I've been going regularly. Um, and now the, the last like eight times I've been has all been focused on Galaxy's Edge. I hardly spend any time in the parks. I've spent almost no time in California Adventure. Uh, when I, because I don't live locally, I live in Las Vegas and I have to travel. Uh, when I do go, it's for usually some kind of a meetup or an event or something. And every time I've been, whether it's D23 or just something, it's kept me in Galaxy's Edge. So uh-huh. the biggest change is that Disneyland to me is not the same. It's mostly Galaxy's Edge visits now. And it's, right. it's weird. Yeah, no, that's totally true. The dynamic is certainly different. Um, you know, as we talked about in the last episode, they did make a lot of physical changes to the park in order to accommodate Galaxy's Edge. Um, some of them are very small, like planner sizes changing, um, you know, just minor yeah. things like that. And some of them are kind of big, like uh, the Rivers of America being downsized and parts of Frontierland being uh, demolished. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely different. Uh, what I do like is that it is pretty well contained. Um, uh, I know that was one of the things I was concerned about is, is it going to be kind of, is it going to interfere too much with everything going around it? But it really doesn't. I mean, it, it does seem pretty well contained. Uh, the only thing that I think sticks out is like the mountains. You can kind of see them from everywhere. Yeah, you can see, you know, uh, Big Thunder. You can see stuff like that. But you're, you're right. It absolutely feels like you're in your own separate park. It doesn't yeah. really feel like Disneyland when you're in there, which is pretty cool. They nailed that really well. Yes, they did. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things about it that I've really enjoyed so far is that it is certainly very immersive. And I know that's one of the things that you touched on last time um, was that they did a really nice job um, making it realistic, making it feel like, you know, some planet that you would encounter in Star Wars. And, um, you know, all the details are certainly there in that regard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and 
to now that it's been around and we've had our chance to kind of explore it, um, it is definitely a bigger like shopping experience. It's more uh-huh. it's mostly shopping experience at the moment. We're a couple weeks away from Rise of Resistance opening in Florida yeah. and then a month and a half or so from uh, it opening in California. But it even once Rise of Resistance opens, I think it's still going to be it's still going to feel like mostly a shopping experience. Uh-huh. But as a Star Wars collector, that's a, I'm OK with that. <laughs> how, how did you feel about that? You know, there certainly is a lot of merchandise. It is very merchandise based. Um, it is. And, it and really like is. You, and like you noted, right now there's only really um, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know that. With that being the case, all you can really do is is shop. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the there's the experiences like Savi's workshop, and that's that. You know, sure you're building a two hundred dollar lightsaber, but it's also very much an experience. Yes. Um, the Droid Depot, which I love, and I've even like started a Droid Builders group because of it. That's yeah. not as much of an experience. That's fun, and I love doing it. It's actually one of my favorite things in all of Galaxy's Edge, but it's not so much experience as it much as you know, shelling out a hundred bucks for a Droid toy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's really cool that they do have unique merchandise, and there's a lot of stuff there. But um, I, you know, like Disneyland, it is a premium sort of. Um, you know, thing like the not just the yeah. experiences with the lightsabers, but in general, the merchandise is a little bit expensive. It is. It is. It definitely is. And you know what's crazy to me is that how quickly prices went up on certain things. Some of the things like legacy lightsabers that were you know started at one hundred nine dollars, within like a month or two, jumped up to one nineteen. Oh, you know, wow. you see like these decent sized increases on a lot of merchandise, and I was like, wow, that was. And I don't know what that's attributed to, but I just thought that was a, one of the fastest increases in prices I've ever seen on stuff at Disneyland. Uh huh. Yeah, that that is pretty wild. I want to say when I was there the first time, which was last month in October, I think they mm-hmm. told me it was like, 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 yeah, like one nineteen. But then you had to buy the blade separate. Yeah, that that's always been that way with the blade okay. separate. But initially, those ones that were one nineteen were one hundred nine dollars. Like basically, all mm-hmm. the legacy lightsabers went up about ten bucks. Yeah, those lightsabers though, the hilts are really, really cool. Oh, they're really nice. Yeah, I had the uh, Jedi Temple Guard and the Ahsoka nice. Tano set. Those are really good. Yeah, those are the ones that I I have my eye on right now for next time that I go because um, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, Master Replicas and Hasbro have put quite a few out, but they haven't gotten mm-hmm. those ones out, so those are pretty unique. Yeah, no, they've got a pretty cool selection. Yeah, um, that that's a pretty good good sh- um, store. Also, it's like there's there's all kinds of. Oh um, yeah, Doc yeah. Ondar's is is one of the coolest places just to look around and see yeah. everything on the walls and yeah, it's an amazing store. Yeah, it lo- lots of little Easter eggs in there for sure. If you're a longtime Star Wars fan, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, it is very immersive. I kind of feel like they may may have gone a little bit too much in that regard because i feel like one of the things that is lacking a little bit is is there not being music other than when you walk through the tunnels and kind of you know emerge in galaxy's edge like yeah that's fair that's fair uh there is some kind of like if you're hanging out around savi's workshop that if you listen to the noises it's not really music like you'd hear in other lands of the park but there are certain sounds like metal chimes that are going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I ended up filming a video there one day and I was, so I was like in that area for about 30 minutes and I got to hear like the audio loop go around a couple times. I was like, <laughs> okay, that is interesting. I never really would have noticed all of those sounds. The sounds are there, 
but they're way more subtle than they are in other parts of the park, like in other parts of Disneyland. Right. Yeah, no, that that is true. There are sounds. One of the ones that I really like is the flyover sound effect when you know ships oh, coming that's and the landing. Best. Yes. Everybody always looks up. Everyone looks around. I'm like, oh, what was it? Because it's total <laughs> surround sound. It does start on one end, and through the speakers, it moves to like you know your other side, and you can kind of like you know you can't really feel it, but like you can definitely hear the sound move around you, and that's that's pretty cool the way they did that. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. Um, one of the other things, of course, that is, um, you know, quite prominent is, you know, you have the couple of stormtroopers that are, you know, going around and, uh, and interrogating people. <laughs> yeah, providing comic relief around the land. They're great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, it's, it's just like two, right? Is that all they have is just two tro- troopers that are constantly walking around? It's that. Kylo Ren walks around. Um, you'll get Rey and Chewbacca. But yeah, yeah just two... Yeah two of the stormtroopers and they do that little first order show periodically over yeah. by the first order area yeah I, I did get to see that they were like up on like um a platform or something and you know, kind of just talking yeah they kind of do a little mini show talk and then the stormtroopers walk around sometimes accompanied with kylo ren sometimes not but that's actually uh now that you bring up like the live actor stuff that's one of the one things that i actually think we need more of in galaxy's edge yeah that's kind of what's missing from making it star wars right yeah totally we, we need aliens um, like even jawas or something would yeah, be cool especially yeah. now with mandalorian coming out and the off-world jawas and stuff like that it's just like it's fun yeah totally <laughs> it's neat to see those aliens absolutely speaking of mandalorian uh, with my last guest i was just talking about um how we uh how i felt that uh you know seeing that first episode of mandalorian it looked a little bit like batu it did it really did yeah it, I, I just hope there's more to come. I hope there's more integration with all of these stories. And, you know, I want I want Batu to be more solidified as a canon thing. We yes. know it is because they told us it's canon. But I want story integration with either TV or films more so than just a, a verbal nod. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll just, like, mention it in passing. Like on Solo, they mention, oh, Black Spire. Oh, is Doc Hondar <laughs> here? You know, stuff like that. I want a little bit more than that. I want I want to see something. Yeah, no, no, that that is true. It would be cool if there was a, a stronger connection to the films or the television. Um, but yeah, I totally agree in the walk around characters. I mean, especially in the cantina, I love seeing, you know, everything that's in there. But I kind of feel like if there were a few walk around like aliens in there, that would just like really add to the atmosphere. That's it. And, you know, it could be really easily done. Like they just have to have someone in the makeup just come out, walk around, circle the bar and go back backstage periodically. That would do. Yeah. That's, it's so simple. Just a quick walk through the bar and done. Because yeah. I, I understand with as hot as it was, especially over the summer and everything, doing someone in full ma- full alien makeup, that's not super easy to do. I mean, characters do it in the park regularly, but right. still with the Star Wars and, you know, I don't know. But even if it was just contained in the air conditioned area of the cantina, just periodically have like a Trandoshan or something or a Rodian walk <laughs> around. That would definitely change the vibe so much if they added just those little things. Um, one thing they did in Florida during the Star Wars weekends was they had Jawa trading. They had like little people dressed up as Jawas and they would have like a little, you know, in their little satchel. They would have droid parts uh, over in Tomorrowland at Tomorrowland Traders or Star mm-hmm. Traders. They have the build your own droid section, little action figure version. And you could trade a trinket, like anything in your purse or pocket or whatever, with these Jawa characters. And they would, like, you know, either accept it or ask for something else to trade or whatever. And they would trade you, like, a little droid piece. 
And it was a cheap, easy, immersive thing that they did in Hollywood Studios for Star Wars Weekends. And I think it, that's something they should do at Galaxy's Edge, is bring those Jawa actors over here. Right, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, even, like, creatures, like, um, you know, speaking of, like, Salacious Crom or, you know, any of those kinds of, you know, the smaller, like, practical-type aliens. It'd be cool if there was, like, windows where you could see them kind of, like, moving around or yeah. something. Yeah, 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 there should definitely be more of that. Yeah. And there's a few in uh, Bina's Creature Stall, but there, there definitely could be more. Yeah, like the Lothcat. Um, that one is interesting. I, I wish it was a little more animated, but... Um, yeah, that one doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> there, There's a lot of stuff in there, though, if you look, like up in the ceiling and stuff. There's true. like eyes peeking out and stuff every once in a while. You have to sit and really study for it, but it's there. It's there. Yeah, yeah no, that's true. Um, I've noticed a few kids go up to the Lothcat and be like, where's its head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of hard because its eyes are closed. And it's kind of right. hard to tell, like, what what is it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, the Creature Shop is actually really cool. They got some really cool merchandise in there. Yeah, they've got some, like, deep cuts, like the Nibre. That's, <laughs> that's a pretty deep cut toy. Like, I have one. I'm, like, one of the only people I know who bought the Nibre. Yeah, or the Puffer uh, Pig. <laughs> the Puffer Pig, yeah. I actually know quite a few people who went for the Puffer Pig. Nice. I was I was pretty proud. I was like, yeah, you guys know your stuff. Good. <laughs> yeah, my husband wants one of the um, the Kowikian monkey lizards. Oh my god, I love mine. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I wish good. it was a little louder, but yeah. for what it is, it's it's fun. I have fun with it. It's neat. Last time they they were sold out of the blue one. They only had the uh, the brown one. Oh okay. I, that's the one I got was the blue one. I got that. I got lucky yeah. that opening weekend. They're both really cool. Um, yeah. No. Um, one thing I haven't done yet is is like eaten any of the food. I've tried like the beverages and stuff, uh, you know, the cantina, and the blue milk, green milk, all that. But um, haven't had an opportunity to try the food. Um, has has the food really changed from what you've seen so far over the past few months? You know, they got rid of one of my favorite dishes. It was the Ithorian garden loaf. It was oh, a no. uh, it's like a vegetarian meatloaf. And actually, it was one of the things that me and my wife, who's a vegetarian, uh, really liked like we both were like no this is really good uh, me as a meat eater and her is not one and it's one of the first things to go that's not there anymore everything else seems to be there I've heard that they're going to be swapping stuff out periodically so we might see some changes there was some controversy recently about the uh, the name changes in Florida like instead of just uh -huh. calling it Endorian Tip Yip they had to add fried chicken to the name and for oh, actually yeah, like yeah. a week for a week it just said Fried chicken, like Indorian fried chicken. <laughs> they got rid of tippy up altogether just because I guess uh, they have more of a foreign crowd and they may not mm. know mm. based on the Star Wars name. So it was causing some confusion, I guess. So they're still kind of like workshopping how they're doing that. But as far as the food goes, they actually they just added some stuff uh, in October. They oh, wow. added some new like a new kind of popcorn. It's like I believe it's a cinnamon chocolate like chocolate cinnamon popcorn something like that interesting they added a new uh vegetarian ronto wrap hmm yeah it's like a, a you know plant-based meat ronto wrap yeah um i'm trying to think what else they, i think those are the two big things there's at least one other like small item that they added um and i, I don't know I'll, i'm definitely going to try them all when i go this upcoming week yeah the, yeah let me know how they are because i mean it what from what i've seen everything certainly looks interesting we just haven't you know, the past couple of times we've gone, we've had like reservations at some of the other restaurants um, in the parks. Uh, well, um, you know what's really cool, actually, if you can't make it to the park, especially for any listeners who maybe aren't near one of the Disney parks, um, they did put out a Galaxy's Edge cookbook recently. 
Oh, yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah, it's about, I think $30 is like the regular, you know, the average price for it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever. But um, it's a cool read. The first, like, 10 or so pages are story. They're about the cook, uh, whose name is Cookie, who uh, who worked on Taco <laughs> Donna, and he he's the one who runs Docking Bay 7. And so he explains a lot of the dishes, and they're not exact to what's in the park. Some mm-hmm. of them are. Some of them are, like, the Ronto wraps a bit different from what you actually get in the park. But a lot of the drinks are there. Not all of the drinks from the cantina, but a lot of them are. And a bunch of new stuff that we haven't seen before. But all of it has a very cool, like, Star Wars look to it. It's just, a, it's a really cool read. I was actually thumbing through it earlier tonight and just thinking, like, what should I make? Uh, but for any any <laughs> listeners who are really, like, into, like, trying new different Star Wars food, definitely pick up that cookbook. Yeah, I'll definitely need to get it, too, because that sounds awesome. Um, but, yeah, I totally believe you when you say that some of the, the recipes are slightly different because, you know, I, I have uh, this this book from um, one restaurant that uh, had a recipe for one of their dishes. And uh, mm-hmm. years later, they came out with another cookbook and uh, the recipe <laughs> that one is different for the exact same dish. That's so like, <laughs> why? Yeah, they didn't, like... You know, they didn't change it like when you go eat it at the restaurant. But yeah, yeah. It's weird how they do that. Maybe they don't want to give away the trade secrets of the park or something. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, as far as the beverages go, I did try um, on my first visit. I did have the blue milk. Uh, I felt like What'd that was a must have. Um, you know, I it was a little weird. Um, the mouthfeel is weird, right? It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's like slushy, but it's a little like thick, like jelly almost. Right. But yeah, it's it's a weird it is a weird mouthfeel. I like both of them. Um at first I didn't really like the green as much. I thought it was a little mm-hmm. too floral. Hmm. Uh but upon having it a second time, I was like, you know what? I I actually do enjoy this. I haven't done a mixed yet though. Yeah. And I and I haven't <laughs> done the ones in Florida. I haven't been to Florida. I'm actually going on December 5th for the opening of Rise of Resistance. So awesome. So when so when I'm there, I'm going to try the alcoholic versions. Ooh. It's like uh, the green one I think has tequila and the blue one has rum in it. Oh man, I'm going to have so, to go just for those. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited <laughs> to try those out. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um Yeah, it, it's got an interesting texture. Like you said, it's really like icy at first. Um I kind of find that I enjoy it a little more once it starts to melt a little bit. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah, it's a little bit easier to, <laughs> to um, drink. Yeah, and um last time we went, which was last week, last Friday, I had the uh, the green. And I kind of feel like I like the green a little bit better. I feel, yeah, there's definitely two people in the world, right? There's people who like the blue <laughs> better, people who like the green better. Um, but it, it's kind of floral, right? It's like citrusy, but floral. Yeah. There's something in there that's kind of like potpourri or something. It, it, yeah, it was really taste. hard to pinpoint. Um, I let my husband taste it and he, yeah, we couldn't really figure it out. It definitely seems a little more earthy, I guess, than the blue one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, It's good, yeah. though. It's good in a different way. Right, it's it's definitely different, and um, like you said, I guess you know two kinds of people: green and blue. It's like uh, there's waffle people, and there's pancake people. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, they have a similar beverage in the cantina, don't they? I think it's the blue bantha. It's it's the blue milk, non-alcoholic, but it has like a cookie on top or something. Yeah, it's got like a coconut bantha cookie on top. Uh, it's the same milk, except for it's not frozen; it's chilled. So it's pro- you'd probably like that better if you like to let it, you know wait and cool off a bit and like warm up a smidge because mm-hmm. um, it's cold but it's just not frozen oh interesting so, yeah yeah it looks really pretty but when i saw that it was non-alcoholic <laughs> it was like yeah eh. it's like why spend that much money why spend 15 bucks on a drink that's not <laughs> that's not yeah, alcoholic yeah <laughs> um 
Um, speaking of the cantina, yeah, uh, both times that we've gone, we've made reservations. We've we've gone in, had a had a couple drinks, and um, it's it's lively. Um, you know, any have, any favorites on the drinks? Um, I like the one that I had last time. I, I like quite a bit. I think it's is it called like the Dagobah. Um, the slug slinger, yeah, Dagobah yeah, slug that slinger. One, that one, yeah, that one's really good. It has like a sprig of uh, rosemary in it. Um, that that is a good one. That actually has a really good taste to it. Yeah, that one. Did you try one. the mm-hmm. fuzzy tauntaun? I have not had that yet. You know, I I know that you told me last time about <laughs> how it kind of numbs your your lips. Yeah, um, it's a weird feeling. It's just yeah. a fun experience. Next, time. I like the taste of it too, though, because it's not overly sweet. Yeah, because sometimes no. those Disney drinks are a little, for my preference, are a little too sugary or a little too sweet. True. When it comes to like the mixed alcoholic beverages, um, but that one's not too bad. It's actually kind of a tangy. It's a little sweet, but it's more tangy than it is sweet, and it's that's why I like it. That and Jedi Mind Trick. Jedi I think Mind my Trick's husband got, got the like, Jedi Mind Trick, and it was um, pretty good. Yeah, it's got like some kind of lavender vodka or something like that. It's like a, it's another. Like herbal or flavor, you know, flowery kind of alcohol, um, and it gives it one of those flavors. It's again less sweet. I think the one that I had the first time was, um, I think it was called like the Bespin. Bespin uh, Fizz. Yeah, and it was tiny. <laughs> yeah. Oh no no! If it was the tiny little one, that was the um, uh, Jet Juice. Nope, that's the what tiny, it was. You're right. The tiny one is Jet Juice. It's actually the strongest one, hmm. which is why it's so tiny. Um, that one's really good. I like the flavor on that one a lot. It was flavorful. Uh, but again, yeah, yeah, the only the only downside is it's it's small but powerful. Yeah, those are the ones that I'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, the drinks are good. Um, it, you know, pricey, but you know, it's expected. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, um, it'll be interesting to see how like the, the menus evolve in these, you know, in the cantina. Um, yeah, you know, I'd read an article. I think it was Scott Trowbridge, uh, one of the creators, who was saying that they tested out 300 dishes. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of options out there for them to swap in a new dish periodically and kind of keep the menu fresh. Yeah, you would think that they'd almost have to do that with because I know a lot of people are, are visiting it a lot. And if you, yeah, it seems like they'd, they'd want to do that. Yeah. And I know like initially um, they had mentioned something about a fish dish. And then it never showed up, and so maybe it'll show up later down the road. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be interesting, especially if they made it to look like, you know, something out of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So as far as other things go, um, is there anything else that you've noticed about Galaxy's Edge that's changed or, you know, things that, that, that you really enjoy about it? One of the things that's changed isn't so much about Galaxy's Edge as much as it is the fandom around it. Mm-hmm. Is we're we're starting to see different social gatherings and social groups do things. Um, one of the first ones I attended was a lightsaber meetup that was run through the Galaxy's Edge Discord, and it was a bunch of people who you know all love Galaxy's Edge and all love lightsabers, and some of them were lightsabers from Galaxy's Edge, some of them were you know ultra sabers or master replicas, and it was you know about forty people showed up, and all you know took big group picture in front of the Falcon with their lightsabers. And shortly after nice. that, I think the next uh, the next day, actually, I hosted a droid builders meetup. So uh-huh. I started a club for people who built droids at the droid depot and then want to further customize them, like weathering them and adding, you know, just do whatever. Just further customize that toy. Yeah. And we've got some amazingly creative people. There's like Sabine droids. There's people who have 
made them into like full looking like war machine droids. And this is all the same like $100 droid from the Droid Depot. And we had our second meetup in October and it was way bigger. It had doubled in size. We had at least 60 people there. I think Uh it was about 50 droids total showed up. And so we're starting to see these like little social gatherings happen. And even last weekend for Life Day, there was a big Life Day meetup. And it looked like a lot of fun. A lot of people showed up and they made their little glowing orbs and they wore like red hoodies. Some people even (laughs) had red robes and they went and they sang like Star Wars versions of Christmas carols and they hung out with Chewbacca. It was like it was a big Wookiee Life Day celebration on Galaxy's Edge. And it's like for the first time ever we could do that. You know, people could do that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's a a ridiculous (laughs) idea, but it's so cool that we're like, that's where we're at now. That, that's so really that's, cool. And to me, that's the biggest change that the, the fandom has found different ways to, you know, congregate in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, with, with everything you're doing with the droids and the club, it, it looks fun. Um, I hope hopefully one of these days I'll get around to building a droid and be able to, to attend one of these meetups. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to be doing them probably every other month or sometimes even every month just because people keep wanting. They keep bugging me. When's the next one? When's the next one? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so we'll we'll probably keep doing them more often. I may not make it out to every single one, but yeah. it's definitely a growing club. And, and same with the lightsaber thing. That group's getting bigger and bigger every time they meet up. And yeah. so I don't know what the next little group that's going to pop up is, but I'm sure there will be something. Yeah, maybe a cantina group or... yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, I, I really enjoy seeing all the parked ships around there, um, the Falcon. I think with the first time that I walked in there and saw that, it was like, it, it is pretty surreal because I've, I, you know, it I've never seen. It kind of takes your breath away, doesn't it? Like, it, yeah. I, I remember being at a loss for words. I was kind of like holding back happy tears, kind of, you know, I was like, oh, wow. Like just seeing the size of it and knowing that it's fully, it's there. Yeah, it's, it's really there. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, it's amazing. And, and all the way around it, there's plenty of detail. Like it's not just you know, it's not just like a facade, or it's not just like they did half the ship. They did the whole ship, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's every inch of that thing is, is it's there. It's all there. And when you go to Smuggler's Run, you see like the backside of it. You see it in even more detail. And if you use mm. the app and you play the the Datapad app. It asks you like trivia questions. It asks you like when you're in the windows behind it, it has you count like as part of the game you're playing. Uh, it'll be like, how many of these triangle shaped pieces can you find? Or which hose is this thing connected to? And yeah. you have to be looking at all the details of the Falcon to answer these trivia questions to get more points uh-huh. for your, you know, your in-game character on the uh, data pad, which is another like whole part of the park. I don't even think we really like discussed a whole lot yet. Yeah, I know that that is an interesting thing to bring up because um. Yeah, if you get the Disney Play app, you can actually go in there and, you know, start scanning things and hacking things. And, um, you know, there is that that bit. I, I tried it last time. I, I think I was probably the only person that was actually doing it. But um, Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, I was um, I was communicating with uh, Hondo and uh, he was asking me to create like a fake personality. And then he was testing me and he was t- asking me yeah. to look for things. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely the smugglers run portion of it. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a cool like extra thing to do, mm-hmm. and it's it's I don't know I I find it a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what the new stuff that gets unlocked once Rise of Resistance opens. Yeah, because there's going to be more stuff to scan in that queue. There's probably going to be some kind of update and more missions to go on. Um, but one of the things that I think is lacking 
is initially we were promised, or at least, you know, we were told in the presentations that if you, you know, choose to align yourself as a resistance person, that maybe you would be, you know, the cast members would know it and hmm. would treat you that way or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've I only had one interaction really where I saw any of that. And I was purchasing something at the Toydarian Toy Makers and the cast member who rung me up, I gave them my uh, Disney annual pass holder thing, you know, my my pass and to get my discount. And when he you know rang it up, he said, oh, I see you've been slicing door panels around here. And, you know, I saw that you banged up the Falcon a little bit. Hondo's yeah. going to be pretty mad. I was like, OK, that's cool. Like, I like that that cast member went. You know, saw that or whatever, because I did. I had my on the data pad. I had been slicing a bunch of panels and I unlocked one of the ranks that was like master slicer or something. So, yeah. you know, he commented on that and I was like, oh, that's cool. He was able to do that. But that only happened once. And that was probably on like my third visit. Huh. And since then, it hasn't happened at all. Interesting. Yeah. that, that You know, I was actually wondering about that because. Uh, they, it seemed like they did kind of hype that aspect of it up a little bit um, before it opened, but um, I haven't heard a whole lot of people really experiencing that. I know I haven't. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that it happened to you at least once kind of seems, it, it sounds like they're doing it. It's just more maybe a limited basis or something. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's just based on cast member participation. Like they don't have to do mm -hmm. it, but they can if they want. True. And most maybe don't want. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, it could very well be. Um, speaking of Smuggler's Run, um, has that changed for you? Because I know initially you said you enjoyed it, but maybe not as much as um, some of the other rides at Disneyland. Has that changed at all? Um, no, it hasn't changed. I think it's. I feel the same about it. It's it's fun, and I like doing the queue and like going through everything. Um, piloting is cool. Gun being a gunner is cool. I still prefer to be the engineer. Which is oh. weird. Everybody always oh. wants to do the other ones. But I actually, I am better at being an engineer, which is why I prefer it. Um, I'm terrible at, a, at being a gunner. I don't know if you, did you, when you went, did you get to like try all three positions or did you just do? I haven't done all three yet. The first time we went, I was a pilot and okay. uh, I, I was terrible. <laughs> and Right. Um, it's, it's, it's fun and it's cool, but it's kind of hard and I don't want that pressure on me. <laughs> it, it, it is hard because I was steering, I think, side to side and my husband had up and down. So, you know, just kind of having to coordinate it. It was having like, to, yeah, you have to kind of like yell at each other and like to coordinate it. So I've I've been on with people who were yelling at each other and it was a mix of <laughs> it was a mix of emotions because I was like, OK, it's a little annoying that you guys are yelling at each other. But at the same time, you're getting the job done. And we actually ended up uh getting like almost 13,000 points. It was 12,000 something, which is 13,000 or 1299 is like, or 12,999 mm. is the highest you can get. So it was like one of the best scores I ever had. I was an engineer and there was these two guys like yelling as pilots. And I was like, okay, it's a bit much. Uh -huh. But at the same time, we did really well. <laughs> so I was like, okay, nice. you do have to kind of coordinate and, and, you know, get your stuff together to make that work. Yeah. But, but yeah, again, engineer totally. is, is the position for me. That's for sure. <laughs> That's that's what we had last time um, was the engineer position and um, it was easier than flying I think for sure yeah um, but um, yeah and gunner gunner's fun if you do it automatically but if you set it to manual which I didn't know until the second time I was a gunner there's two options when you're if you hit the buttons before the ride starts you can choose but there's one that's oh. manual and you can shoot down you can shoot middle and you can shoot up interesting and depending on where the ship is. 
it just gets very difficult to like precision shoot that way because if you're all the way at the top of the screen or whatever is shooting up you know it's like is shooting up too high up mm. or should i shoot down because we're so high up and right. it, it just it wasn't very clear and it didn't seem to give good results so that's why i'm like you know what i don't need to be a gunner and i felt like doing it on automatic was just way too easy you can just blindly sit there and just yeah. hit the button forever um at least engineer i had to look to my side on occasion to be like okay the ones that are lit up let me just hit those so that's why i like that one yeah yeah no no it was it was definitely seemed a little more chill than piloting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I felt like also like one thing between piloting and engineering was that when I was engineering, I felt like I wasn't like looking at the screen quite as much. Um, That's true. I, I guess by default, if you're piloting, you're kind of trying to see where you're going. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, certainly that first time we we were in there and you know piloting and sitting in those you know those iconic seats was was really something. I felt like so. That's probably the best ex- way to experience it is to be a pilot first. Uh huh. That way, because the first time I did it, I was an engineer, and I was like, eh, it's okay. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was like, it's fine. But being a pilot, if you're being a pilot first, then you kind of get to see the whole thing and do it. I think that's the best way to do it. If you can be a pilot first and then do the other roles, whether it's gunner or engineer, because you do kind of get, as an engineer specifically, you do look away from the screen. You're looking more at the buttons sometimes, depending on how well mm-hmm. your team's doing. So, right. yeah, you're, you, you did it the right way. Nice. We just got lucky, I guess. Yeah. So I mentioned that there's no music uh, or, you know, not really any like proper music. How do you think uh, that how do you think it would be different if if it did have music? I'm curious, because have you been to like um, um, the Wizarding World, like at Universal? I went once, so I, I don't remember it too, too well. You know, I didn't get to take it all in and really observe. So I don't remember what the music was like there. Okay. Yeah, it just seems like uh, I think it's just kind of on a loop. It's just like different, like some of the soundtrack music. And mm. um, I think they have custom tracks too that, you know, like evoke the, the feelings of, you know, the sound, the movie soundtracks. So, yeah, um, I, I wonder if, if, if they had like proper Star Wars music in Galaxy's Edge, if, if it would, I mean, how it would feel different, if it would really like benefit or maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I could see that going both ways because some of that Star Wars music, like if they use like the original john williams score some of those moments and motifs in that music is like very specific Mm -hmm. to certain emotions you feel when watching the movies yes and you may not be feeling that emotion when you're in the park at that moment you know it may not be fitting for what you're doing sure to have that on a loop so i think it could benefit from like an original score that would just be galaxy's edge and it would have to kind of be like a you know generic adventure sounds which they do have that you know they did release that those few tracks uh but you don't really hear them other than a few times like on smugglers run you hear some of those tracks and i think that's about it really is during smugglers Uh run um Mm. it could benefit from something like a generic kind of adventure sounding thing but again you have to be real careful as to what you're trying to evoke with that music i think right especially given the different um parts of galaxy's edge you know you have the first order area resistance area um and um, I mean, obviously, you know, you'd probably want to have music be a little bit different. Yeah. And, and you experience that music again in Smuggler's Run. And a big part of it is in Savi's workshop. When you're doing that presentation, the music in there is perfect. It's yeah. really, really good. And it helps move that show. And I think that's why people have such like a an emotional moment when they're building their lightsaber is that music, the lighting, 
the mood, everything in there is done so well so that people do have this like, wow, I'm building my lightsaber. Cut. You know, <laughs> it really does get to you when you're in there. And part of that is the music. Yeah, I'll, I'll need to do do that at some point. I've You know, it's just like past couple of times, it's like there's so much to buy. There's so much, you know, oh, to yeah. see and <laughs> you know, sure. to drink and, and, you know, just kind of like, OK, well, where do I want to spend my money this time? Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'll have to do that, you know, just, at least, you know, if nothing else, just for the experience of it. Yeah, for sure. I think, like, I have all the lightsabers now at this point, which is ridiculous. The only things I'm that I haven't really gotten that I, I'm on the fence on is the Jedi robes. <laughs> at first, like, I, I actually got the, the Resistance pilot costume, too. Like, I just had to. I had to pull the trigger on that eventually. I was like, yes. when I first saw that they were making it, I was like... Oh, I'm going to need it. And then I got there and I went and I was like, okay, I don't need to spend that kind of money on a resistance pilot <laughs> costume. And eventually I was just like, no, I have to have it. But the one thing I've held off on is those Jedi robes. And I think the next time I go, I might end up coming home with Jedi robes. Yeah, some of them look really cool. <laughs> they also have like Palpatine's robes and they have like Ray's outfit. and Yeah, yeah, they've got dark ones. They've got, yeah, Palpatine's like thicker, big cloak. Um, but you can also mix and match. They have like different colored belts and, you know, so you can do like dark grayish robes and go with like a the brown belt and you know get the hood that's maybe a different color so you can you can kind of play with it a little bit yeah yeah that, that's super cool um so one of the things that i've i've heard a little bit and i I've kind of, i don't have kids but um you have kids have you taken them to galaxy's edge i do yeah two boys i did take them back in august okay so i've, I've heard a few people say that um you know, there's not a whole lot for kids to do. And I mean, I can kind of see that like when I've gone, they just, I mean, obviously there's not like any you know, kitty rights like you would have in certain yeah, areas yeah. of Disney, but um, I feel that definitely depends on the kid. Okay. Um, Cause I've definitely like, I've met some followers of mine who, you know, the parents watch my channel with their kids and these kids were so into it and so into everything about it. And we're talking you know, little girls dressed like Ray, little boys dressed in pilot outfits, and they are all about it. Like it's it doesn't need to be something like to do because they're there. They're in it. That's they're, really cool. you know, high fiving characters are running around with Fi Marathi on a spy mission. And so it really depends on the kid. My kids personally, my oldest is 14. My youngest is about to be 11. Um they were okay about it. They were kind of meh about it, but they're also <laughs> like that about theme parks in general. That's funny. They're just like, eh, okay, we'll go, but they don't get as excited as I do. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point, though. It, it, it really would depend on the kid, right? I mean, you know, some kids yeah. gravitate more towards certain aspects of theme parks. And um, yeah, no, I think if I was a kid, I'd, I would, you know, love just being there for the atmosphere and, you know, being able to walk into the shops and all that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I ended up coming home with a resistance pilot outfit. I was like, you know what? When I was a kid, I would never would have been able to get one of these. And you only live once. Right. <laughs> so so I'm getting it and I'm going to enjoy it now because this is the only time I can. Very nice. Very nice. So, um, yes, yeah, as, as far as how Galaxy's Edge evolves going forward, um, obviously, we still have this Rise of the Resistance ride that's going to be opening up in the near future. Mm -hmm. Um what else do you want to see change in Galaxy's Edge? We talked a little bit about uh, walk-around characters, but uh, what else do you want to see in terms of its evolution? Uh, well, we know that they're working on a sit-down restaurant, like a dining experience, like a show. Like a, I don't know what better way to explain it, but um, there's been concept artwork of it, and it's already being worked on. It's going to be somewhere near the First Order area and Oga's. Like in between there is where it's going to be put. Um, so that's coming. We know that's coming. We don't know when. Uh, 
But as far as what else I would like to see, that's one thing. A show, like somewhere where I can pay extra and sit down and just enjoy Aliens and Star Wars. Like uh-huh. that's that's really what I want. Um, is Maybe, I don't know where we could fit another attraction. But something, maybe, you know, a small attraction, something simple. I don't know how or what. I know they scrapped the, there was going to be a, they weren't Banthas. There was a different kind of creature that you could ride that was originally yeah. concept artwork. And that got scrapped. And I would really like to see something like that. Just more more creatures, more aliens. That's that's what it's missing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got really um, sad when I when I learned about that because that would have really added to the atmosphere, which you know that atmosphere is already pretty great. But yeah, when you think about you know the liveliness of the whole thing, I mean, it feels like you're in a world, um, you know, on a Star Wars planet, but. It does feel a little bit uninhabited. It feels a little bit, a little bit sparse. You're um, absolutely right. So I, yeah, I think that's one thing I would certainly like to see is, is you know, a little bit more life. You know, walk around characters, whether it's like droids or aliens or you know, just yeah, you know, droids creatures. would be really nice. But so one thing I would like to see is if there was walk around characters, but with less. Um, think of it more of like show. Like maybe characters kind of walk out. One walks out similar to the same way, like Vimerati slinks around and, you know, hides from the First Order. But more of a chase. You know, I'd like for a chase to just break out in the middle of the street, which is maybe there's a safety concern there of, you know, cast members running through the crowd. But just something like that. Yeah, that'd be very Star Wars to all of a sudden have someone, you know, like fake shooting blasters or something. Again, we get into weird like crowd control and safety issues when they're if they're shooting fake guns or whatever. But it'd be very Star Wars, wouldn't it? To have like a oh, that guy stole my credits and then, you know, everybody, you know, take off, you know, like a character runs after him or it's just something like that. It needs that's what Star Wars is. It's that scum and villainy. It's those you know, it's it's that kind of right. stuff where you know, just like all of a sudden something just happens and everybody just like turns and looks like what? And then it's done. Before you realize what it is, it's done. And it was just like, oh, that was cool. And then everybody talks about it for a little bit. And maybe 30 <laughs> minutes later, another one of those things happens. But it's slightly different. Yeah. You know, something like that would really just change Galaxy's Edge and make it feel more whole and inhabited, like you say. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I do appreciate what they have currently with the walk around characters. But like you said, there's not too many. Um, I think last time I saw, I didn't see Ray the first time. But this last time we did see her, we saw Chewbacca. Um but, you know, it's just kind of like there's so many people following them around that you can't really even like yeah, <laughs> appreciate yeah. them so much. And that, that's why I like Vimerati. She's I don't know if you got to see her at all. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes like even if there is a, an adult who maybe like wants to talk to her, she makes it short and sweet. Uh-huh. She's like, OK, you know, here we go. But I got a mission to go on. And she'll start, you know, going back to just her slinking around the land, kind of hiding, hiding around corners. And sometimes she'll, you know, get kids and she'll like kind of lean down and get in with them and be like, OK, we got a, a mission. And it's like she'll take like three or four kids and they got to hide from the First Order Stormtroopers. And you'll see them like slinking around the land doing their thing. And the parents are, you know, 10 or 15 feet away just watching, taking uh-huh. pictures. So stuff like that is really cool. And you kind of have to look to see it, but it's happening sometimes. You know, it's like one of those right. things like you have to pay attention, but it's there. And I think we need just a little bit more of that. Well, actually, a lot more of that. No, but yeah. you know, it's it's but it, it's there. They've started it. It's just we need. I don't know. They got it. They got to do it a little bit bigger and a little bit better, maybe. Yeah, I think that's Disneyland in general. People are just constantly rushing to the rides and you know here and there yeah. to get in line for the latest popcorn bucket and maybe not really oh, yeah. <laughs> taking in like the scenery or you know. Now that's one thing I don't want 
in Galaxy's Edge is like stuff like the popcorn bucket where we have to have a bunch of lines for the new exclusive item. Yeah. I hope that if they do have a Galaxy's Edge exclusive item, it's handled in Tomorrowland or it's yeah. handled somewhere else, you know? Uh, and I think they're they're aware of that, and I don't think they would do that, or at least not yet. Who knows what changes will come in the future? Right. But but yeah, that's that's one thing that I like about Galaxy's Edge is that it it does operate a little bit differently than the rest of the park. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No. So it, it'll be interesting to see where things go. I definitely think that you know the, if if they do the restaurant and it uh, it could potentially add quite a bit to the land and you know any anything else. I think you're totally spot on on. Adding another ride would would be great uh, if they were able to figure out how to, to do it and where to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see you know how the land evolves because clearly it doesn't seem like it's a hundred percent. Even with Rise of the Resistance not open yet, it seems like maybe there's still a few things that are trying to be ironed out. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And um, you know, once you do go to Florida and check out their Galaxy's Edge, um, you know, we'll have to. Um, circle back around and compare and see what's different yeah definitely and then i want to compare the uh differences between rise of resistance over there and rise of resistance in anaheim if there's any yeah yeah. i I have a feeling the queue might have a little bit like there's always subtle differences like something's placed somewhere else or um you know just like the x-wing might be over here instead of over there but there's always there's always something they add to it oh yeah They'll, they'll definitely i think i even heard the rock work was like a different color wasn't it it is, and the buildings are painted a little bit differently. Hmm. It's due to weather, because it gets rained on all the time. Their color scheme's got to be a little bit different. Yeah, that, those colors. So that would make they're sense. a little bit brighter and bolder in Florida than the, the stuff is in Anaheim. Right on. Well, Dan, hey, it's been a pleasure having you on the show once again. Um, let's do this again after um, Rise of the Resistance opens, and you've been able to check out Florida. And uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to compare and see how things are different between the two parks. So where can our listeners go to find you online? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Dano channel and on Twitter as well at the Dano channel. Fantastic. Dano, thanks again for coming on to the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. If you aren't already, Subscribe to The Place It All Started, the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel where I review new toys and showcase retro toys from the past. You can also follow us for news and updates on Facebook by looking up Victoria's Cantina, toy photography on Instagram at Victoria's Cantina, and a constant drip of toy-related and other random and nonsensical tweets on Twitter at Vic's Cantina. If you're so inclined, we are on Patreon, Gain greater access to Victoria's Cantina by becoming a Patreon Cantina patron. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll help to keep the show going and also get exclusive content such as access to a private Twitter feed, early access to toy reviews, and behind-the-scenes featurettes. And if you can't, but you still want to help us out, one of the easiest and most helpful things you can do is leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a minute, so hit that five-star rating and leave a note stating why you enjoy the show. It'll make us more visible on iTunes and help others to find our show. As always, I'm Victoria, and no matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Cantina Chatter Podcast.